Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. Lord, big section jacks up tomorrow. Matt Weber on the board a little late here because of uh, some odd traffic. The man is going to try and determine what the deal is there. I, I blame Brendan. Uh, but we are here. The... Uh, the ramp was closed. It wasn't closed yesterday, and we could see why it was closed because the expressway was totally jammed. And we went to another place where the bridge is out. And uh, I don't think they're doing this right, Brendan. Your guys. Well, those are not my guys. Remember, I retired, so everybody who's there now is after me. If I were there, it would have been done right. Um, <laughs> what what is wrong with these people? I mean, every, every <laughs> we try to get to the uh, you know just to get from the Kennedy onto the Eisenhower. Huge yeah. blockage there. Exit blocked. Well, of course, the exit's brand new. So we have to go up the Roosevelt Road, and we look down there, and the thing is totally jammed coming into downtown. So there must be something wrong with the bridge or whatever. So then you get off at Roosevelt. You come back, well, the Harrison Bridge is closed. That's been like a two-year project. At and, least. I mean, but, uh, nobody, but nobody's working on anything. We have, uh-huh. we have a bazillion projects and nobody working on them. What, what, is, what is the reason for that? Just to keep the few people that have all these jobs, make sure they all have them or what? Well, you know, what's really amazing about that is think about what just happened it was in Pennsylvania where that piece of the road just kind of fell down, um, and they reconstructed that within two weeks. Well, they got it shored up and travelable. It's not, it's, it's not fixed. Well, that's true, but it's operational within yes. weeks as opposed to two decades for something like the Eisenhower Interchange, Jane Byrne uh, Spaghetti Bowl. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. I don't understand, and I also don't understand how so few people are ever working, if anybody's ever working, when I'm traveling through construction zones for years and years. Well, I think you have to, you as a city guy must realize there's only three people who can get any of these jobs. <laughs> and when they get them, they have to string them out because the, the one after them, they have to wait for them to be done with this one. Mm-hmm. And can you think of any logic whatsoever to be eight and a half years with lanes closed for the interchange and the minute you're done you have three more years just north of it on the Kennedy why you wouldn't have had the lanes closed the whole way through and had one bottleneck once why you wouldn't have done it at the same time I have no idea now they got a, a lane closed in Hubbard's Cave they've decided they got to you know, clean the walls and then redo the, the, the steel in there sandblast and stuff which they probably had do need to do. Well, well. Remember, cleanliness is next to godliness. So there, there is a purpose for cleaning those walls. Well, but I mean, you're you're redoing the you're sandblasting the beam. I mean, it has to be done. I get that part. But why you wouldn't? Do it? The simple fact is, you got to use Walsh Construction or the other two guys, and, yeah. and they, they say, well, we could do this, this, this three years, and this, this five years, and that's it. I mean, there's no thought of anybody 
I mean, this Harrison Bridge has been out forever. That's where the post office is, which is even more you bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is when you look at the way the construction is laid out, and you're right with the Kennedy coming in for that's going to be jammed up for a total of three years or so. That's what they're saying. The predicted time is three years, but that probably means closer to six or seven. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nobody. The Lagrange Road. Every time I go out to see Audrey, and I actually go out there on every Wednesday, there's. I mean, I've never seen more than ten people working. Maybe, maybe, maybe fifty. It's going to take it's two years for one side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. During yeah. during COVID, there was nobody on it ever. I mean, what, what's insane. the point? I, mean, I, I can't believe construction workers were working from home. Not even not even they could pull that off. <laughs> what do you make of this uh, this thing at Saks Park that's so hush hush? The shooting. Well, you know what really amazes me and really intrigues me is that I bought tickets for a White Sox Twins game in a couple of weeks, but I bought them like two days before. The shooting. It now appears like uh, the latest I heard is that it might have been a self-inflicted gunshot. Um, Did you hear that? Uh, uh, that nobody heard, even right next to him. That's isn't that the amazing thing? Yeah. That nobody around heard, but even you know whether somebody because it was muffled under a sweatshirt, who knows? But um, it, it is very odd. I mean, where did the bullet come from, and how did nobody hear about it, and why do they keep the game going on? <laughs> Well, they, they they didn't even allegedly, they didn't know it was a bullet until uh, they, the the paramedics got her like to the ambulance. Well, there was it, a, a woman fan from uh, University of Chicago Hospital who's a doctor, and she came over and knew right away it was a bullet. She saw the entry and the exit wound. Well, the some girl, some girl got home and and uh, allegedly felt something in her hoodie with the bullet was in the hoodie. Was that the woman who was shot in the... Who was no, I, th- I don't think so. I don't think so. I did so. somebody had a bullet in their hoodie, but I don't know if that was the same woman whose stomach was grazed. But, I mean, it's it's crazy. Let's just say they're trying not to give us much news. First well, they said the bullet came from the outside, and then... They're definitely trying not to give any news about what's going on. And, I, I mean, yeah, I've been a lifelong White Sox fan, and I don't understand. Are these guys trying to do things that are so stupid that they're going to drive everybody out of the, uh, out of their fandom. I, I mean, these guys are crazy with the way they've been a- acting this year. Well, that's for sure. I, how many people now that everybody has learned that if you if you try hard enough, you can lob a bullet like into the stadium from the outside. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bet you a, a, a breakfast that somewhere in the next year there's some copycat person, at least one, who does that. Oh, yeah. Well, have they determined that it was shot from the outside? No, I originally heard... they said no. They said it was, and then they said now they said yes, they absolutely was not. That's, That's what I thought I heard yeah. Waller say on a news program. It's very it hard to get info. Very hard to get info. It is. It is. And, and that's really, really annoying as a citizen of the city of Chicago when your officials and your, your police department won't give you answers for something that is as high profile as this. And the White Sox, I mean... Are they trying to drive people away with with their actions lately? I don't know. They're uh, well. They got rid of half their team. Um, it's it's some of this stuff is really. I would. I don't know. I, I always take the 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 money view of this stuff, Brennan. But I'm not. Uh, this whole idea of these these leagues being monopolies is is really getting to me because I'm seeing what's happened to the rest of the population, and yeah. I and I don't like seeing people. I mean, okay. Let these guys leave. You should be able. You should be able to say, 
here's a here's a major league stadium, million dollars a year, best lease in the world. Anybody who wants it, come take it. And, yeah. and you know, and and somebody should be able to get here and be a major league ball club and join the league tomorrow, or mm-hmm. or, or they or they should be able to, to join the crummiest team get kicked out like they do in soccer in Europe or something. But I mean, the idea that these guys have their you know have their own club. You, since when do you have to be voted in to go to go to go to eat at a club or something? I mean, it's like we, this is nuts. And I, I and it, I mean, your, your Supreme Court uh, should reverse that one. You think? <laughs> well, I think that what the White Sox are doing are reprehensible, and I agree with you that the, the way that uh, sports are are run, the idea, and, and you know, the type of work that I used to do helped to finance sports stadiums like the like Sox Park through the Illinois Finance Authority and other sports stadium around the country. And on a personal level, I always objected to that because you look at well, even even a baseball stadium which gets used for in a non-playoff season, 81 times a year, and you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars for that. I mean, it's insane if you're spending that with public money. And these guys are billionaires and multimillionaires who are owners of the team, and they're they're getting subsidized from the league and from TV and, and, and revenues. There's no way in the world that there should be any public money going into any of these stadiums. And just like the Bears with the lease they've got at Soldier Field, let them leave. Let them go to Arlington Heights. Let them stay, you know, but don't give them any money, any public money, and that includes things like for infrastructure around the uh, around the development. Um, let let the city uh, just say, come on in, but we're not going to give you any money. Well, how many, how many? If you were to walk around a a restaurant downtown or Series Cafe or any place with a little microphone like Howard Cosell. How many people in the place even know that they're paying a half percent sales tax to, to fund White Sox Park? I think virtually nobody wouldn't know that. Yeah, I mean it's it's there's there's so much stuff happening that you can just blow it by everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful about um, you know the the tweet world or something. If you can get anywhere, of course, the X world. When, Maddie, when's when's the first time you think, if ever, somebody's going to say, send out an X? <laughs> I still don't understand the point of the of the quote unquote rebrand. I don't either. I mean, out of what with the little bird and everything, I actually thought it had kind of a nice sound to it. Of course, it did. A, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I just kind well, of well, X marks the spot. Yeah. Well, Meta is the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Musk has some kind well, of Facebook still called Facebook because he's got SpaceX. He's got. I mean, a, a lot of his ideas have X in there someplace. Right. Well, but still, it's this one's a tried and true brand. It's like you know. I, don't know. I know that's what that's what's insane. Although, do you remember a number of years ago when they said this wouldn't work when Datsun became Nissan? Yeah. And everybody said, "Boy, this is going to be really weird to get used to this." And yet, the Nissan brand change worked. Unlike For, after how many years? Power or or fields? It took a long time. You're right. It took a long time. What was the purpose of it? I mean, it, it, to this day, if it was a Datsun. What's the difference? I don't know the rationale for changing, but there was a, a business rationale made in Japan. Well, we were talking, uh, you, uh, you, you two dudes, um, I'd like to get, we don't have that much time, Brennan, because we're a little late today, but the, this whole, we were having a big, wide-ranging discussion, that I miss Matty when we have these kind of discussions, about uh, college sports. And it, it's interesting when we when you, uh, you know, it's and and I. Now your buddy uh, was it Ted Cruz is trying to put together legislation to 
limit NIL. I mean, what does Ted Cruz know? But anyway, but that's another story. But the <laughs> um, when you one thing you have to do, I, I think, because I you know again I always have this blinded thing about economics and numbers, which is if I had to do over again, I wouldn't wouldn't do it to myself. But um, if you actually say you got to roll with the numbers, all right. What you know, it's it's like Jack Callahan used to say, we don't know where we're going, but we're well on our way. If, yep. if you if you're going to go with the numbers and just let colleges essentially have a, a sponsored professional football team and basketball team, and maybe a girls basketball team, who knows? There's not really much revenue there yet, but there might be. Um, there's no way on earth if anybody's going to Notre Dame or Ohio State or any place, why should I pay more in tuition so somebody? Can gives the girls fencing team or the guys wrestling team air flights to UCLA to, to to fence. Why do I give a crap about those sports and paying those people scholarships and those expenses if I'm another student? What what does that got to do at all with my education? If we're going to go uh-huh. just numbers, be careful where you go because if you go just numbers, I can see where this is going. It's a very sponsored professional team, and the rest of the rest of the sports are done. Yep, I agree with that. And then yeah, that was. There was also a major argument for Title IX and women's sports that if you have to fund women's sports, then men's sports would be given the short shrift. And so it means you get rid of the, the men's water polo team or swim team or fencing team or something like that so that you can have a, a girls hockey team. You know, but, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying that, you're, that your water polo team, if there is one it's, uh, in, at Notre Dame, is going to play Dayton. Uh, Purdue, Indi- uh, Indiana, Michigan, any place you can get by bus, and it's going to be a club team. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why would any of those people get a scholarship? If they want to learn how to play water polo, let them do it. Why am I paying for it? No, I agree with you. And when you're looking at the numbers, especially with these super conferences, you're right. I, I mean, I agree with you that these are becoming super conferences for football and basketball and maybe women's basketball. You're right. And those really are the three, I think, potential money revenue generating sports you're not going to see lacrosse you're not going to see cross country you're not going to see baseball well Matty, you and, think uh in the southern states you think baseball's a break even it might be it might be for and, some and schools the yeah six-pack, the six-pack schools out in what used to be uh, the pack eight then the pack 10 then the pack 12 they had great baseball teams uh and you know it was a southern tier uh southern california and arizona teams that comprised the six-pack, which was one of the most competitive college leagues in the country. See, I and think those places like Clemson and those guys, I think, I think they get I mean, they get like 5,000 people a game, don't they? Man? I bet they're break-even, maybe more. There's, there's a handful of baseball programs that break even. There's a handful of women's basketball programs. There's a handful of wrestling programs. But the greater majority is it's only football and, the, and, and maybe men's basketball. Right. I, yeah, I agree. I would agree. And I, I, this idea that okay, they're going to fund the other sports, they're going to do this. I mean, this whole, the whole idea, I mean, when it, I mean, I just, Brandon, what started all this is I foolishly, because we were talking about UCLA and, and Southern Cal um, moving to the Big Ten. And, of course, my, my buddies at the series that are big sports creatures, what do you mean? It's all the dough. It's the money. It's, you know, it's $35 million more in TV revenue. you you got to do it. So, I, like a knucklehead, I dug up, the, the budget for UCLA. You know what the budget is for UCLA? The whole place? No. $11 billion. Do you think... That's a number. That's a number. Do you think for... If you and I are on the board 
It's, and, and, the, and the coach comes in whining about $35 million for the football program, and we know that they'll just hire 15 more people and, and use it all up. Do we even care about that? I mean, it, to, to a lot of people, $35 million is a lot of money. To these schools that are so big, it's nothing. So you know, all yeah. of a sudden you gotta you, you got to start flying people to, to Rutgers to play volleyball. I mean, really? <laughs> I, just saying. I mean, once you well, start actually it, looking at it, who knows where it's level to land. Wasn't it ever Dirksen who said, you know, a billion here, a billion there, and pretty soon you're talking about real money? Yeah. But, I mean, they, they, I mean talking they, about the, the they, federal budget? I mean, do, do, and the federal government can say what they want. Do, do we really have to drag the women's swimming team all over the country on our dime on, on a charter jet? They probably fly for commercial, but maybe not. I mean, why? I, I, you know, the football team, if you're going to sponsor them, at least they're making dough, which I don't, you know, of course they're not paying all their expenses on hospitalization the rest of their life and all that stuff. But all I'm saying, I guess my theme is, if you just, just look at the numbers, be careful where you land. Well, you're right. If you're looking at the numbers, your argument makes a lot of sense. If you're looking at the holistic character of a university and what it brings and equality among sports, not just for the, the women's swimming team or the women's water polo team, but for the men's fencing team or yeah. you know, for the men's lacrosse team, the same type of a thing. That you know, If you take away the premier revenue-generating sports, then on a numbers basis, it does not make sense to have uh, other sports at any school, but that means then that you're really compromising the uh, the existence of athletes for a well-rounded and I, I know this sounds corny, but for a well-rounded experience at a university where you can where you can play athletics in a situation where you truly are more likely to still remain a student athlete. I, I'm I'm all I'm, I'm uh, I think I misrepresent myself here. I think you still have a baseball team. You just don't have any scholarships and you don't travel that far. Well, that can, kind of eliminates uh, a lot of the purpose of a sport like baseball. Uh, well, I mean, be, particularly it, because of the, of the feeder system into the major leagues. But you know, you don't see very many professional water polo leagues or cross country leagues or lacrosse leagues or things like that. So, you know, is is the purpose to prepare the students, the student athletes, for uh, a life after college with something that's useful in their careers? which may in the sporting world be basketball or football because of the, the pro leagues, perhaps soccer because soccer is starting to get big and they can always go to Europe. But, you know, there are very few sports that, that really provide a basis for a professional career after college. Hey, uh, we got a minute and a half, Brandon, but i got to ask you a question. I don't know if you've been listening lately. We've been talking about these mortgage rates and the way they've gone up and affected people who essentially have had to move. The whole idea is don't worry about it people as long as there's not a big shake in the economy people don't have to move and yet nancy was on yesterday and said she's now got a few people that have to move and uh boy the rates are moving out of place at three percent and she's getting them like 7.1 and she's doing a good job to do that uh because nancy's the best i think but i mean uh are, are, is this is this going to crack or are we going to be able to keep our hands in the boat until the the storm is over i don't know I don't know either, and, and that's that's always the question because you know I I talked with a real estate guy the other day and he said if there's a way that you can do it, take the risk and buy a house now, um, and refinance when the rates come back down. Oh yeah, but you know what? I'm going to say that's the worst advice. It's all over the place in that industry. It's the worst mm-hmm. advice I've ever heard. What makes think people think it's ever going? If you if you buy a house at seven and you can only afford four and think it's going to get down there. 
Right, Brendan. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. It won't. Yep. I, uh, that's that's one of the things that I've been hearing that this is the time to buy that because you can refinance a little later down the road and you'll have a bargain. Well, if the world is convinced that we're going back to two percent interest, I don't see that ever. Do you? I don't see that. I, I you know, three percent, four percent will be the new two percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been three percent forever, right? Until the last few years. Yeah. Anyway, Brennan, take care of yourself. Are you here or where are you? Uh, I just came back because I've got cardiac rehab. All right. Well, maybe we'll get to see you one of these days, eh? Just maybe. Saying. All right, but take care of yourself. SP I would have been outside the door today, except I'd still be waiting. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> blame blame your guys, your IDOT. SP Futures down 2, NASDAQ Futures down 10. A little bit of a blip down, but not much. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down two and a quarter. NASDAQ Futures down 13.50. It's a little drop because we were up we're up two days in a row after a really horrible day last Thursday. We've been back. I'm thinking all of that in a couple of them. Maybe not quite. And uh, Spiders got up to, they were 4.45. They're 4.42.50. I think the Qs might have got it all back. But uh, we got, like I said, Thursday was a real bad day and we made most of it back. Dow Futures up six. Uh, in the Dow, I've got uh, Salesforce down 3.64. Caterpillar up a buck forty-seven. Uh, not much going on there. You know, I say Salesforce only went down much. Uh, let's see over in. Uh, where are we going? We're going to. Uh, there we go. We're going to go to Asia. Asia. We've got the Nikkei up fifty-six points, point two percent. 
Hang Seng up second day in a row, up 353, 1.95%. It's up to the mid-18,000s now. These guys were over 20, then got down to below 17. Now they're maybe not quite below 17, but below 17s. And now they're bouncing back up. Shanghai up 37, 1.2%. Japan unemployment higher than expected. Um, not so sure what that means, if they're going to let their interest rates slide up or not. Um, we'll see. But the uh, over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 61.4%. FTSE up 107, 1.5. They were like almost unchanged yesterday where the other guys were up, so they're playing catch up there for some reason. Kakaran uh, up 27.4%. Uh, two week high, tracking positive global momentum. There you go. Yesterday, the Dow up uh, 213, SP up 27, like I said, in the high 20s two days in a row. NASDAQ up 113. Uh, bonds, 10 year unchanged 4.21. Uh, the Bund unchanged 2.56. Not much going on in the bond patch today. Japan minus of one basis point, 0.66. We've got oil, which back up over uh, 80 bucks, 80.73. It's up 63 cents. Been dashing back and forth. Uh, Back and forth across 80 here, but kind of staying right in the same range. Run up 70 cents, 85.12. Natural gas down 2 cents, 255. Our Bob unchanged, 278. We've got gold. Had a little bit of a rally back up in the middle 1900s, down 30 cents this morning, 1946. Silver unchanged, 24.26. Copper unchanged, 376. A lot of unchanges here. Uh, crypto down 10 bucks. This, this thing dropped at 1,000 points, and now it's just been real steady right around 26,000. Or was 27.5, and now it's 26. It's kind of strange. Uh, U.S. dollar uh, virtually unchanged here as well. The euro at 108, and the pound at 126. A lot of unchanges here. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We're off to a decent start as far as accidents are concerned, but a lot of road construction uh, causing delays, especially around uh, the circle. But no accidents coming in on the Eden or Kennedy. Same for the Eisenhower. Uh, Stevenson, uh, we had uh, a spill on the road earlier this morning. That apparently is cleaned up uh, from a semi-tractor-trailer spill. Uh, but uh, but no accidents to report on the Stevenson either. Southside Expressways are looking okay. Only crash in the area is at 147th and Halstead uh, down south. But everything else looking okay out there. Weather today, sunshine early. Could see a uh, random storm or two in the early afternoon. We'll reach a high of 82. Right now it's clear and 64 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunny with a high of 115 today. Right now it's clear and 92. In sports, uh, Cubs uh, playing a big series at home this week uh, against first place Milwaukee, and the Brewers took game one, no problem, 6-2 to two last night, dropping the Cubs uh, to five games back in the division. White Sox were blown out in Baltimore, 9 to nothing. D-backs lost to the Dodgers, 7-4. to four. As we should take our Tuesday morning look at the Major League Baseball standings, the White Sox are out of it, 52-80, and 80, 17 back in the AL Central. The uh, Cubs and D-backs are very much in it, uh, not as much in the division, but uh, certainly in the wild card. Cubs are 69 and 62, five games back of the Brewers. Diamondbacks are 69 and 63, 13 back of the Dodgers. But when you look up the wild card standings, the Cubs own the second wild card spot, and the Diamondbacks have the third wild card spot, just a half game lead on San Francisco, one and a half game lead on Cincinnati. Chief, um, I was talking to uh, one of my clients last week, who's a big Seattle fan, and he was saying, we have Joel. Hey, Joel. The, hey, uh, good morning, Chief. How are you? I'm doing good. And he said one of their pitchers went down, and they brought this kid up from AAA 
It's been pitching real well. They almost all missed the guy. This kid who pitched the other night better do the same thing for the Cubs. They're not going to. They're not going to make it. His Weiss is that his name? Wicks. Wicks. Yeah, they're they're starting to. Cut. They got another guy coming up too because the the starting rotation is so injured. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is what your minor leagues are for. Yeah. So Joel, what's up, buddy? How are you? What do you think of this market? We had a horrible day on Thursday, and we've made virtually all of that back. Uh, now what? Now we're back up to almost right to the spot here where people want to sell it. It seems to me there's a slight of a, there's a tone change. I mean, there's 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 buyers below the market like there has been for a decade, but there's sellers above. It seems too for the first time. Is it, is it me just imagining that? No, I think it's a great way to uh, describe the market here, Chief. I mean, this has been a rocky August, right? Uh, we had that horrible stretch, twelve out of fourteen days where uh, the SPs were down. On one of those days was an unchanged day. And then the other day, uh, the other one was like a, a modest rally of uh, 40 handles. Uh, but since then, the market just can't, it just can't put a string together. Now we got uh, two up days in a row. Uh, that's only the second time this month. And we tried this morning. We were uh, substantially in the green. And then, you know, some weak European data uh, knocked us down. So to ha- have a three-day winning streak, uh, it would be nirvana here. And we j- just haven't had it. It's just uh, we're really squaring off here at this area. We're off the low of the move. So buyers are like, oh, did I miss, you know, did I miss to buy the dip? And meanwhile, that rally, you saw what happened on that NVIDIA rally. The sellers just yeah. came out of the woodwork. So it is, what we like to call it over on pre-market prep is consolidation station. Yeah, well, NVIDIA traded 517, and it's 465. I mean, if you if you were forced to buy up there, you, that, that, that wouldn't left a mark. 520, Chief, is okay. where it actually really? traded. And I tell you, you option guys are brilliant. I mean, you option guys, I'm telling you, they are. You, uh, you option you know, dudes. You, you option, option dudes. guys, man, you got it down. I should have, when I went to Chicago, I should have just, I should have just been hanging out with Singer Winger in that options pit and learning those deltas and thetas and alphas and gammas and everything because. Uh, whatever it takes, thetas, gammas, whatever it takes. Yeah, that, that stock, uh, Delta, you know, uh, United Airlines, uh, that they had that move pegged, right? Uh, that thing closed at 470. The straddle move, they priced it out at 50. I mean, you look at you look at the straddle prices for expected moves. Absolutely, every every, yeah. earning, every earnings they do. Yeah, and uh, boy, oh boy, they nailed it. You know that 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 got out 50 points, and the sellers came out. Uh, it's a really, I mean, Nvidia, you know, had a nice day yesterday, took out support, but I think that just people are just holding their breath right here, looking for a catalyst, and I'm not sure we're going to get one. Let's put it this way: if you just sold the straddle, well, by the way, you know what was weird about it, uh, Joel, is two days before the earnings, the straddle was 50. When I say the straddle, I'm talking about the at the money call and put together. Mm-hmm. So that's the anticipated move, uh, break-even move, basically, if you sold or bought the straddle. So yeah. it was 50, but as the stock went up the day before the earnings, the straddle dropped 5 bucks because everybody was convinced that the move was going to be to the upside. Every, I mean, Kenny mm-hmm. Polkari was talking about it. that There isn't a soul that he talked to that didn't say they were going to come out with earnings better than expected. And so, sure enough, it does. It trades up to 45 bucks. But if you had sold the straddle, <laughs> let's let just say, a, even though you're – you're allegedly break even there. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say one part of your body was starting to tighten just a tad. I mean, uh, it, it, I bet people covered and now you know came back flying down the other way. Now you're wondering if you're, you're going to lose on the put side. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, since you brought it up, Joe. I'm going to say that most most of my years, 
the, the, the option markets are really pretty accurate with a slight tinge, a slight tinge toward the sellers uh, doing uh-huh. a li- little better because, not because the stuff is priced wrong, but because not very many, many people can actually sell it. I mean, none of the retail people. Mm-hmm. I'd never do it for my people. So only professional people can sell it, have the capital. So I think there's been a little bit of a <clears throat> an edge through the years to, to maybe the sell side, but this last year, year and a half, totally unscientific opinion. I'm going to say if you were long, everyone, you made money. There's been some of these. We did something at Walmart, and the straddle was like 6 bucks, and it moved like 12 there, there's been some that have doubled and tripled. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there. Yeah, there. There's been. I mean, the the thing is, I don't know. Uh, you know, your listeners are probably uh, pretty um, savvy investors, but man, you just can't beat Father Time. I mean, on those options, I mean, the timing of them and the time. I mean, if it goes nowhere for two or three days, the premiums just sucked. If you're buying those weekly options taking a swing on earnings man you just you're, you're paying so much i mean even the 500 calls on that day um yeah. you know you know barely moved you just it's on the sell end you got to be careful obviously yeah, but know, they were they were the, 15 or 15 bucks yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah they, well, were, they were huge yeah and if you had those 500 calls and the things traded at 515 in the pre-market what are you doing? What are you asking for? You got a covered trade right there. So um, there was good volume in that. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on video. I've been stressing uh, the all-time closing high at 271.63. Uh, what was interesting is that was the all-time closing high just below that before the report. The day before the report, they made the high, the actual high at 71.63. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, yesterday was a great fake out. They took it under the good support at 450, and then they brought us back. But what we have to do is we have to see what the jobs number is, right? And then we got unemployment data coming up uh, later in the month, and then we're going to a quad witch. So. There's a lot of things going, a lot of catalysts here in the next couple of weeks, plus people are coming back from their trading desk after taking the month of August off. So um, a lot to look forward to in the markets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not convinced. I mean, I'm always worried. Of course, that's my job to worry for my people. But I'm not so sure that we're going to we're gonna hang in here, both in the housing and in these valuations. I mean, a lot of good, a lot of stuff really has to go right for us to grow into these numbers. And I, you know, because I think most people agree – we do have to grow into the numbers, uh, you know. I mean, the, the, the valuations and so forth, which I'd love to see us do. I just I don't know if we can pull it off, though, Joel. I really don't. You know, there's just uh, this also. I mean, that that's for sure. I mean, the, the proof will be in the pudding. I mean, some of these stocks are trading at, at valuations that they haven't traded at in a long time. But I think the biggest factor that that is affecting this market right now, and I don't, you know, I, I don't see the media covering as much. But the, you know, the Tina trade is dead. You know, there is alternatives in the market, right. and you don't have to be in the market to get four and a half, five, five and a half percent. Right. And I think that that's something that the market's never confronted before. And then I think you kind of got a little, a little bit underneath the market too, because if we really go into the tank, you know what the Fed's going to do. Right. And they got, and they got plenty of bullets. So we're really describing a, you know, a seesaw scenario. And people, you know, you think about the markets in 20 and 21 and the big crash in 20. Sometimes markets just go absolutely nowhere. And sometimes you just have to be patient and take what the markets give you. And uh, it looks like we're coming into that period right now. Well, I'd I'd love to see us just kind of plateau out for a little while and grow into it. But 
Uh, you know, that would be nice. But a lot of things would be nice, right? You know. <laughs> yep, they will. They right, will. But All right. Won't, All right, no, no, won't, see you, won't see you next week. Uh, go blue. SP okay, Futures down blue. 375. Nasdaq Futures down 19. Be right back with Kenny Polkiri. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Saxon Jags, I'm Tom Alman, we're on the board. What a great song. SP Futures down 350, Nasdaq Futures down 1750. Was that the uh, Strawberries Fields Forever album, I believe, Manny? I think I might even have that album. I haven't played it in 40 years. Fool on the Hill. Yeah. What? Uh, there's a few of those around now, aren't there, it seems. <laughs> hopefully, we're, hopefully we're not two of them. Well, there's a lot of them on the hill in, the, in, in Washington, I think. God. The, uh, what, uh, what, do you, what do you make of... Uh, the uh, baseball. Have you ever seen? Well, I guess there's always been some. Have you ever seen the haves and have-nots like this year in in, uh, in baseball? I mean, first of all, I think the wild card races would be better than they ever have. There's a lot of teams going for them, so September could be really exciting. But God, how, there's like five or six teams. You wonder if it was European soccer, they'd be out, right? Yeah, there is, but I feel like there kind of always is. I don't know. 
Um, especially when you, when teams now more so maybe than ever, <clears throat> when I say now I'm, I'm speaking of the last 10 or 15 years where, um, if you're out of it, you're just selling everything off and, uh, and, and, and you're going to tank as much as you can to try to get a top, you know, three or four pick. Cause there's no value to, in winning 75 or 80 games versus 60 or 65 games. So you're still out of it, but the, the going to the three wild cards in each, in each league um, outside of the division leaders, so you have you know obviously six division leaders that are very much in uh, in in playing meaningful baseball. But in the American League, you have one, two, three, four, five. Uh, looks like five teams that are legitimately in the race for those three wild card spots. And then in the National League, you have six teams that are legitimately in the race for those three wild card spots. So you have you know seventeen teams out of your thirty in the league that are playing meaningful baseball right now. And that's, that's what they were trying to get to. Um, so you have more than half of the league where fan bases are interested and they're selling tickets. Uh, so it, it, there is haves and have nots. I agree with you there. The A's, the, the Royals, the White Sox, you know, the Rockies, they're, they're horrible teams. Um, but you have 17 teams that are, that are in it playing meaningful baseball at the end of August. And that's yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The, the, you know, if you lose somebody to free agency, a certain level, you end up getting one of those compensatory picks between the first round of the second round and the second round of the third round, correct? Right. But if you just plain trade a guy with the trade deadline, you don't get squat, right? Um, correct. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Um, if you trade a guy, that's yeah. Now, if you if if you make an offer to a guy, um, after the season, after the season, and he declines the offer, and then you trade him, I think you get something for that. There were there were there were like. Maybe seven or eight picks between the first. I mean, they're real picks. Or between the first and second oh, yeah. round. Yeah. And I think there's another round between the second and third round. I don't know if it's a price difference or what that what that causes. Because Seattle ended up uh, with either two to five or three of the seven this last draft. But and, it, and Seattle, who was kind of a surprise last year and snuck in as a as a wild card team, this year they've been so hot in the second half of the season. They've won nine of their last ten, uh, including four in a row. They actually caught the Rangers. They were way behind the Rangers. They actually caught them, caught the Astros, caught the Rangers, and are now in first place in the AL West by a game over the Rangers and the Astros, who, you know, have the Astros have been perennial, you know, great team. The Rangers were having an awesome season. They were thirty some games above five hundred. They've really fell off. And they grabbed guys at the at the break. Yeah. Or, uh, and they the, added not right. the break, the the, the, the trade deadline. Line. They added pitching. And Seattle just they've just what, for whatever reason, after the All Star break, they've been a different team, and they just they look incredible. They look like one of their be- the best four or five teams in all of baseball. Well, San Diego could be the most un- underachieving team, and all of a sudden they're hot, right? No, they're they're not hot. They're they've fallen out of it. And oh, I thought the last couple of weeks they've, they've had a resurgence. Or no, something. Um, San Diego is uh, they're four and six in their last ten. They did win last night, but they got swept by the Brewers over the weekend, which you know the Cubs obviously could have used. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers and the Padres both uh, flailing here in the last couple of weeks really timed out well for the Brewers and timed out poorly for the Cubs because the schedules were supposed to kind of even out. Well, then they swept the Sox. Yeah. That could have helped them there at least a game. They yeah, didn't. but uh, yeah, the Padres, for how big of a payroll they have, I believe they have a top five payroll and a ton of young and, and, and veteran talent as well. To be 62-70 and 70, uh, is very disappointing, and they've kind of underachieved the last couple of years. Well, my, my source in Seattle, he uh, used to play there, uh, thought that last year's team was a little ahead of themselves, you know, which is pretty good. If, you, if your guys are a little bit better than maybe you think yep. they are, that's what happened to the Cubs in, what, 14 in or 15? In 15, yeah. yeah. And uh, 
he thought they were a little ahead of themselves, but he thought they had a real good base. And he's not all that surprised about this year, but he was convinced their, their number one pitcher, I think, went down. And he goes, they brought this guy up. It's like we never lost him. You know, that the Cubs need a 4-1 a, a and one finish out of this Wicks guy. Yeah, and he could do that. I mean, he's a lefty, and uh, he's going to be facing guys that have never seen him before, so he just needs to be hot for a month, and I could I could easily see him doing that. Um, but they, it's really perplexing, you know, this, this Jameson Tyone, uh, who got shelled again last night. They gave him a bunch of money. He was great with the Yankees, and he comes here, and he really just stinks for the first half of the well, season. Well, he got nailed with two errors last night. Well, that didn't help him, but he gave up a lot of home runs, too. I mean, it's uh, not Well, like, but I mean, he... I'll, to his credit, after he got shelled, he put together three or four good innings and kept them in the game. He did. and, and Which and, means you're pretty good. Yes. If you can do that. But the fact that he has an ERA over five yeah, for yeah. the amount of money he's making. They, I mean, they thought he was their number three starter and was going to be a, a, a very solid contributor. And he had a stretch of five or six starts uh, right after the All-Star break where he was pretty good. And now he's kind of been faltering again. I mean, you, you Stroman out of the rotation with injury, and then he was struggling before he got how injured. Do you, how do you fracture cartilage? I have no how, idea. How does it heal? I, never, I thought cartilage never healed. Hendricks has been good, uh, I would say. But Better he's, than they expected. But he's been like a, a number four or number five. He has not been like a top-of-the-rotation guy. Steele was an all-star. He's been not as good the last, I don't know, six or seven starts, yeah. but still very solid. Um, and then you have the the Smiley disaster, where yeah. he, you know he was solid the first couple months of the season, and he's completely fell off. Their rotation is just awful, and they you know outside of Steele, you really don't have any confidence in anyone because you don't know what you're going to get with well, Hendricks. Yeah, well, he's, he, you're right. Hendricks has had some really some bad innings, which is uncharacteristic. Yeah, he, he, but. overall, Hendricks has been fine. He's been a very good you know bottom of the rotation guy, which is which is fine. But you never know when you're going to have the inning where he, you know, he gives up six runs. <laughs> well, the, the the idea of a uh, when I say he's old, but the, uh, a veteran pitcher coming off, you know, essentially a, a year of no pitching, they're getting more out of him than anybody ever expected. I yes, think. yeah, and like I said, he's been fine. He, he's just been asked to be better than what you needed him to be in the beginning yeah. because you've had injuries and you've had other guys. Well, Stroman toast, you think, or what? I mean, there's only a month left in the season. I, I haven't heard any signs of him coming back soon. Not even a uh, a, a rehab throwing the sidelines. Not that I've heard. No, me neither. So I, I hope, I would love to get him back for a few starts to close it out, and then hopefully, you know, they make the playoffs, whether it's wild card or if they get back in the division. But because, uh, you know, they really need him. Because if you can go Steele, Stroman, and then whoever's your hot number three, it might even be Wicks. Who knows? I think uh, Assad has been a, a, yeah. a complete revelation. I mean, he's well, been. If they didn't have him, they'd be way they, out of Oh, it. yeah. He, yeah. You could argue he's been their best pitcher in the second half of the season. Like, oh, period. Better than Steele, even. Uh, he's been awesome. So I, I didn't even mention him. So he's really helped. If Wicks can really help, all of a sudden that kind of stabilizes you and at least gives you a top three that you can count on. And then you have Hendricks, who's, you know, kind of the wild card. But. I don't. I haven't heard anything about Stroman coming back. What do you make of? Uh, wish you were on the other day because I was talking about it, and uh, I think Andrew was here and he didn't know anything about baseball. <laughs> like, but uh, talking about the uh, the Angels brought up a couple guys, maybe like three people, that have only been in the minor leagues like forty or fifty games. In the last, I could be wrong on this. In the last ten years, the guy who was brought up the fastest from the minors, and like all of baseball, was uh, Nico Horner because they, they had all those injuries and traded somebody that one year. He came up like a year or two early, right from Double A. Remember, he came up. Uh, was it like, uh, and then he went back down for another year. He was up. They said he was ba- actually made his. Ma- other than 
the bonus babies of the 50s, which you obviously don't remember because you weren't here, and I don't really remember. But what, wasn't the story there if you gave somebody a bonus more than uh, whatever the league wanted you to give, you had to bring the guy up within like 10 days or something, or he had to be on your you had to be he had to be on your in a major league roster for the next 45 days or something if you paid him so much? I don't know. That's, I, I, if you look it up, it's really interesting. You'd, you'd be interested in it. Google bonus babies one day. Those are the LK Lions, the Harmon Killebrews, those kind of guys that they, they gave them all this money when they were like 18. And when you when they gave them that much dough, you had to put them on the roster. That's why those guys started when they were that young. You had to. But they're saying the Angels brought up like two or three guys that have only been 45 or 50 days in the minors. They're, right out, they're out of this year's draft. And they're saying how unusual that is. I mean, no matter who you are, you usually need... I mean, the Cubs, even when they... When they uh, they drafted who was the guy who was going to be the Hall of Famer? Oh, he's a pitching coach now for somewhere. Oh, Mark Pryor. Yeah, that even he they he he'd already had like thirty five starts for Southern Cal. They shut him down the whole rest of the year. Yeah, and um, they're saying they're bringing these guys up, and I guess they're playing okay. I mean, uh, you know, they're not they're not intimidated. I mean, maybe the college some of these colleges are, are that good now. Do you think that the college ball's gotten to the point where? They actually can bring guys up the same year. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible. I don't think you can have a sustained level of success for a full season if you don't have enough seasoning. I think that's very rare. I think anyone, especially a pitcher, a hitter, I would say no chance. But a, a pitcher, because the league hasn't seen you yet, I could see a pitcher coming up in end of August and having a good five-start run. I could definitely see that, even with very little minor league experience. But for a full season, no way. And if you're a hitter, no way. I, never, I, never actually, I just think the, I think the gap is gigantic between the major leagues and college. Well, I, never, I know that they do it. A lot of guys in the minor leagues are just so somebody else has somebody to play with, basically. Well, that's true. But, I mean, where would you put I – mean, I never asked you this before. Maybe more of a Kevin question. Where would you put a double-A team or a triple-A team versus a college World Series team? Who wins? I don't, I don't even know. It's a good question. Um the the double A is going to have all of your international guys, uh, which college obviously does not. So um, and and just look at the percentage of international guys that are in the big leagues versus Americans, and there's a lot of them. Um, so I think the double A team would be better, but uh, the college team, especially if it's like an LSU team that had those first round picks that were you know can't miss talents. I mean, they're going to compete and they're going to play well. I I would just think. You know the double A team that has all the international talent, as well as you know your some of your former high draft picks that are on their way to the big leagues. Uh, I, pit- I, I'd still take the double. Did that pitcher was it the pitcher on Vanderbilt that was the number? The guy was an absolute can't miss. Uh, is is he already up or is he what's he doing for somebody? Is he they have to shut him down too? What was his name? I'm guessing he was, no, pitched, he was the number one pick. Was it LSU or was it Vanderbilt? I can't. One minute he was the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, pitcher. I'm guessing that if you pitched all the way through the College World Series, that you're probably shut down. I can't imagine you're playing this year. Yeah, maybe not. But it's. Uh, I mean, it is interesting. It's really, it's really hard to reload in baseball. I mean, you know, I mean the Sox right now they're caught. They thought they 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 thought they had a real team, and their their best guys. Uh, Kevin was saying their best guys are in. Uh, uh, um, we we just got to think from Mike Murphy. Uh, Paul Skeens is the guy's name, and he's playing double A. He's pitching double A. Okay. Uh, so I mean, it's, that, that probably makes sense. So, so what do you, we got to go to break? But what is it now? I, somebody listed it. what? There's a rookie. There's a low A, a high A, a double A, and a triple A. So everybody pretty much has five teams, or, is, or I more? think that's right. Yeah. Because of the Cubs, the high A is in South Bend, but there's one below that, right? Um, Myrtle Beach. 
And then the double A is Tennessee. And then the triple A's in Des Moines. Des Moines? Yep. SP futures down three and a quarter, and NASDAQ futures down 15. We're down a little bit, but after two big days, even though Joel says we might fight to have our third one up, it doesn't look like we're selling off here too bad. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. There's something happening here. Well, I'm going to pick Stacks and Jacks. And we're on the board. SP Futures down three. Nasdaq Futures down 16. Uh, I'm reading this thing about... There's only, we've been talking about how the price of cars have gone up. There is only one car model that is below 20000 bucks. July 2023. Maddie, can you name it? God, I wouldn't even know. That's below, a new model that's below twenty k. Yeah. A Mitsubishi Mirage. Okay. What, what do they look I like? I don't even know what those are. I don't either. Is that, is that one of those small cars? Oh, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not, it's not a Duesenberg. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I some people leaning over looking at it. It looks like, you know, it's like it's just a little car, I guess. I don't know. It's getting to find new cheap cars, according to auto experts. Uh, at an average new vehicle price, the Mitsubishi Mirage, the, uh, that's the unofficial price barometer for an affordable new car. I guess a year ago there were five that were under twenty grand, and now there are one. Now, now there wow. remain one. Uh, they, oh, I guess Kia, Hyundai, and Nissan, in addition to Mitsubishi, currently sell cars whose base models 
carry a sticker price below twenty grand, but nobody wants the base model. So you, you know, if you put a steering wheel in it, you're over twenty thousand type of thing. These are the only guys whose average price was under twenty thousand. Right. The uh, man will track down hell. You know, hell. Uh, he is. Uh, hell, how, how are you, buddy? Up till uh, two in the morning to get my classes ready, so I'm really uh, uh, kind of uh, wiped out this morning. Well, that's okay. You're still better than anybody else. That's right. <laughs> oh, man, I was. Well, we can barely hear you. I don't know what your connection is, but that's oh. that's the thing about when you, when you see guys like uh, you know the really good ball players on their on their worst day, they're still better than the other guy on the behind them. Yep. You know, which is you know how much better they really are on their best day. It's kind of you know somebody we were talking the other night about how how good some of these people are, and I was running the interview. With, is my microphone better? Yep. You're now you're fine. You're good. Okay. Good. All right. But you're uh, you're, you're teaching at a totally new place with like a week's notice, right? Yeah, well, about two weeks notice. Um, I went on the job market late in uh, June. I don't even remember. I mean, it's been a really hectic summer. I went on the job market in June. Normally, you go on the job market in November. You go to the annual meetings um, at the AA conference in January. Then you are invited on campus in February, and then you're made an offer in March. And then you have the whole you know summer to prep and write I had about a month <laughs> in that job market this summer so I'm back at North Carolina A&T State University full time and uh, but I get to teach it online so that's great and then I'm teaching a class for Mercy University um, I'm teaching at the uh, Manhattan campus um, on Thursdays from I think 1140 to 230 so that starts uh, next Thursday so I got three class preps and you know, because they're uh, multi-section courses, um, I can't do what I normally do, which is I do whatever. Um, they have, like, the book already picked. Okay. And I'd never used the materials in the book, so I had to do a lot of prep work. So I was up till 3 in the morning trying to get that all set up. And I'm, I'm, I'm drinking, actually, caffeinated coffee this morning trying to wake up. <laughs> oh, God. Well, so, I mean, they used to do that at, uh, well, a lot of schools do that because there's more than one class per Per year, yeah. so if you're teaching, yeah. you know, urban economics, you're all going to use the urban economics book, right? Basically, yeah. Well, at, at Westminster and at Alliance, I was really the only uh, professor teaching the section, so I got I had a lot of freedom to you know do it the way I wanted to do it. But uh, I'm I'm pretty flexible, and so you're going to be uh, in Carolina teaching and in Manhattan teaching one day. Teach it online for North Carolina teaching. Oh, oh you're it's, just on it's Mar- historic black college. Yeah. All right, so you're just okay. it's an online uh, full time teaching position. Yeah. Um, what? How did the people? Well, I, I shudder to ask. You're the place you were that lost their accreditation. Did all those kids find a spot? Uh, that's another thing I've been doing all summer long. I uh, developed like uh, I had a few students that were really close to an associate's degree or or really close to a bachelor's degree. And so um, I uh, developed, like, I put together, like, nine courses on Cengage MindTap, which is an online learning platform. And I was kind of coordinating, like, these nine classes for, like, 10 or 11, I can't remember, uh, students. So they could uh, work independently and finish up their uh, uh, one or two classes they needed for their associates or their bachelors. And tonight at... uh, around six I think we're having the final 
graduation ceremony for them. So it's, uh, it's not going to be a lot of students. It's going to be a handful. But now those guys, when they graduate, it's, I mean, even though the place no longer is accredited, the degree's still okay, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it's the school has, hasn't lost its accreditation yet. Um, the accreditation ends uh, December, so they'll 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 have graduated from an accredited school. And they've decided instead of fighting for the accreditation, they're just toast. They're closing. Yeah, they just uh, uh, decided to close, and I was kind of upset because, um, you know, I wanted to fight, um, and I, I came to Nyack College, which became Alliance University because it's associated with the an ministry, um, Christian Ministry Alliance. Um, I, I wanted to fight, and uh, but uh, the powers that be decided to pull the plug. What do you do with all? And it kind of left a lot of students. I assume there maybe there isn't. Is it? If there's any endowment, what do, what do you do from uh, what, what do you do with, with the well, endowment? The, I, well, I don't think there was much of an endowment. Um, we were, you know, our students were only paying probably on average after discounts, after subsidies and whatnot. They're probably only paying at most about thirteen thousand. When the, you know, that's not even close to what uh, you have to pay at NYU. So. We we really heavily discounted our tuition, and I think what what really killed us was first COVID, and that happened. COVID happened right about the time when they were selling the Nyack College campus, roughly. So you had the COVID, and then on top of that, the Sunnis and the Cooney schools, uh, the Sunni system and the Cooney system, which I think are all Sunni now, uh, the State University of New York system. Uh, kids whose parents make under one hundred twenty five thousand qualify for free tuition so that really puts a lot of private schools in uh, New York City and New York State under a lot of pressure because it's hard to compete against quote unquote free right it's not free one of the reasons why the taxes are so high in New York and New York City is because of free tuition and Uh, the word is is not free it's included yeah yeah zero zero price right the zero price but it's not free no there's no such thing as free lunch right well it's like at notre dame the um, football so, tickets were free they, they weren't free they were included yeah it's like duke university yeah. right you know how much it costs to go to duke university game if you're a private citizen one you have to wait probably 10 years and you have to be amongst the top donors yeah you know you're, you're talking you know massive donations and then you then you get the right to buy the ticket, right? But if you're a student, you have to wait in line a week and a half to go to the UNC game, right? So it's not free. I mean, whether it's time or donations, there's no such thing as free, especially yeah. at Duke University. Basketball. But it's a, it's a smaller place, right? The uh, arena. Yeah, Cameron. You know that. You know, I always find this funny. The sportscasters really drive me nuts because they say things so emphatically, and then. You know, for example, uh, UCLA wasn't really selling out its basketball arena, and Duke was, and the commentator says that UCLA students should, you know, fill that arena. Poly Pavilion is huge. Well, Cameron Indoor Stadium is only 6,000. So there's a built-in scarcity there. That that built-in scarcity. That's why uh, Stanford downgraded its stadium size. It went from like eighty nine thousand to fifty thousand to well, create this artificial so, scarcity, right? What, how many? But UCLA's got to have what thirty thousand kids. I mean, if yeah, the students don't go yeah, to games. Yeah, students yeah. don't go to games like they used yeah. to. I mean, I, 
I go down to see the oh, Irish well, play. And, but yeah, in California. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm saying I go down to see the Irish play, and we used to have uh, four or five student sections, and there's maybe three now. I, maybe it's the students don't don't all go to these games like yeah. they like we did. I mean, I, if yeah. UCLA. I well, mean, when you when you only when, when you only have a thousand seats for students. Yeah. Right. When you have, only have a thousand seats for students, only the most fanatical will wait in line for those free tickets. So that's why they're so crazy, right? That's why they call the Cameron crazy because there's only a thousand seats allotted for the students at Washington State. Uh, you know, their student section is so big that you know there's really no scarcity there, right? Anybody you, you can walk in that day and get a get a seat, right? Yo, I mean, I gotta believe but that Ohio that, State or. Or Notre Dame. I mean, you're, the students go to every football game. I, mean, I don't know anybody who didn't go to a football. Yeah, game. Ohio State's crazy. I, I went to the Washington State Ohio State game back when the uh, Cougs were in the top ten preseason. It was a great game. Um, I was in the end zone, and man, I'll tell you that that experience was crazy. I mean, there were more beer cans crushed. I've never seen that many beer cans crushed by foot traffic in my life. Where's this? They're they're probably at Ohio State Columbus. Well, you know the what, street right in front of the. Yeah, they don't. Uh, if you, you just, park in any yeah, of the lots by the stadium, well, if you're parking any of the lots, um, you can't. Yeah. There's, there's you can't have any open alcohol. It's bizarre, and, every, and everybody pays well, attention. Well, there's booze all over the place, but the idea is you ought to open up yeah. your trunk and whatever it is, you got to pour it in like one of those red cups. So there's hundreds of thousands <laughs> of red cups, but but you don't see anybody yeah. holding a beer. But in, in every cup is a beer. Well, yeah. man, at that game on that road in front of. Uh, the stadium there, the horseshoe. I looked down. I just look. I'm just looking at all the beer cans are. Well, you were you were probably traffic. across the street. Was, were probably private parking lots, and people were carrying a beer to the game. Yeah, and they can't they can't get yeah. on campus with it, so they're crushing it as they walk. <laughs> it's scary. But I mean, the amount of the amount of booze, crushed, the amount of booze in every trunk was off the chart. But you never saw anybody holding a beer. Yeah, they actually paid attention. Yeah. hey, you know <laughs> how the uh, I wanted to ask you uh, yesterday. We had a. Interesting discussion with uh, uh, Mike Murphy about, and he's a uh, former uh, um, Army guy and did a lot of intelligence work and stuff. We're going through the the budgets and how how the Army, well, Army name here for how they can swing resources from one place to another, or if they can, based on the threat assessment. I mean, right now, you know, we could decide we they could decide well, we're going to chase all the Iranian ships away from the Persian Gulf because they're pestering people. Well, you need more ships yeah. to do that. You need something. I mean, how often do you say, "Oh, the, the Chinese look like they're they're having some trouble. We better get somebody over by time." And at Mike says every year there's this big threat assessment, and that if you all of a sudden you have to move a a cruiser and a destroyer from the Mediterranean to the to Pearl or to, to uh, even further west than that or east to get to you know to, for Taiwan duty, that it's probably like not in the budget or something. Did, did you ever? Did you ever, um, you know, were you supposed to be coming into port for arrest all of a sudden to be sent somewhere again? Or does it, does it, oh, yeah. does uh, that normally happen? Oh, yeah. I was on a nuclear powered uh, cruiser, kind of like a small, tiny battleship. And man, we got volunteered for everything because we were nuclear powered. The, the new, uh, you know, uh, gas turbine uh, cruisers, uh, they had to refuel. But man, we were. We were fueled for, you know, for ten years. So whenever there was a need, we got sent out because we would we would not need refueling ships. Yeah, but don't that's you one need... of the advantages of nuclear powered ships. Yeah, but don't you? I mean, I've I read uh, 
somebody went out, somebody, uh, a writer went out and spent the whole six months, maybe not every single day, on an aircraft carrier, the entire, from the time they left port. And, I mean, I, you know, there was so much stuff in this article that I, of course, never dreamed of. They said, when you, when you come in, the ship is, is pretty much shot. I mean, after six months. I mean, it's... It, it, oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's got to go through a lot of repair. Yeah. So it's always, I mean, all your elevators got to be replaced. All the door, yeah. all, a lot of the doors, the automatic doors, all your catapults, they're all, they're all destroyed after 24-7 yeah. for six months. Plus, you lose almost all yeah. the people. And you, you get a whole yeah. new group, not a whole new, I mean, your petty, your lifers are still there. But all the other guys, you know, they're done when they come in. And they're, they're gone, and it yeah. takes, not only do you have to get the ship back together, and that takes six months, and then you got to get the new crew then you got to go out for the air trial. Yeah. But you're basically six months out, 18 months off. And Because uh, yeah. the thing is really, you know, the hull and the motor works. Other than that, everything else is pretty much shot. You know, you know so well, can well, you? Well, we were, we, were, we were assigned all the time. We, we took assignments all, all the time, our little cruiser. It was but, crazy how many But the, how what, many about the, what about the Whenever people? Whenever there was a need, we were out. What about the individual people? I mean, if you're... If, if yeah. there's 50 guys on the ship that are supposed to get out in June and the thing's cruising back in in May, you can't just send everybody back out to October, can you? Or you got to let those guys off, or do you extend them, or how does that work? Oh, we, we were, we, we uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, every time we hit a port, we'd uh, lose a couple guys that got discharged, and we'd uh, add a couple guys. So we, were, we only had 500 people, roughly 500 people on our cruiser. But it, it was common for... When we pulled into Patia Beach, I think we lost five guys due to being. They decided they were not going to be in the Navy anymore, and they went UA at their "quote unquote" girlfriend's house. Uh, oh god! <laughs> that didn't work very well because once, once the ship's gone, there's no protection for them, right? But yeah, we would lose probably two or three guys uh, every couple months when we pull into port, and then we had you know a new guy would arrive. But yeah, when you when you get back to port, man, there's 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 some turnover. And I've never been on an aircraft carrier, so I'm not sure how that works. Well, how does, but I, I can imagine. Well, how many every time? Quite a few people. You, every time they 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 ship you. Uh, well, Mike says you can always extend personnel involuntarily uh, if you want yeah, to. Yeah. But how? But if you guys get sent out again, obviously that money's not in the budget. Does it mean you go over budget? Is every month does somebody go to Congress and say we need a little extra because you guys want us to do this? Or how does that all work? Do you have any idea? Not really. I mean, for nuclear. I think the biggest expense on a nuclear-powered ship is just the sheer food, getting the food. But the, these the supply ships are kind of like out there restocking ships. And then when you pull in a port, you restock as well. I, I mean, it's pretty cool to see a ship get restocked underway because they throw the lines across, and then they just you know have these uh, cables that are connecting how dangerous is that? How, how the, calm does the water have to be to do that? Oh, it has to be pretty calm. Yeah, you you can be doing that in the thirty foot swells that we hit, leaving Seattle in the in February of nineteen ninety three. I think it was. We were hitting thirty foot swells, but when, when the seas are pretty calm, that big monstrous supply ship uh, pulls up next to you. It's pretty impressive how they how they bring the food on board it's pretty impressive what happens if you separate further than the lines do the lines crack or what or does it hold the ships together oh well i think it's less dangerous than what they show in the movies you know in the, in the batman movie where the bane 
and his compadres uh, use a, a tether to get on that CIA plane. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot more safe than that, right? <laughs> but it's it's impressive when those tethers come across. Well, you ever read a what book was I reading? Was it A Man Called Intrepid or whatever? Where when Roosevelt went to meet Churchill the first time, they took two battleships met somewhere in Iceland or something. And uh, Roosevelt, who was a former Navy guy before he caught polio, um, evidently there's a there's a like a little walkway you could put between two ships. Have you ever yeah, seen that? yeah. Well, Roosevelt I've refu- never seen that. Yeah. Well, Roosevelt refused. I mean, they, they must they must have been in an anchorage, you know, not on the high seas. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, or probably was very calm. Well, Roosevelt refused to go in a wheelchair. He he walked across by holding onto the. Oh. I mean, the guy was strong as an axe. I mean, he could stand there yeah. holding himself up at the podium for like an hour and give a speech. And he was incredibly strong in an upper body, which, of course, he had to do because his legs were useless. And they said he yeah. walked across, and the, the admirals are sitting there going, if this guy goes in and we lose him, how are we ever get – our careers are shot. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we lose – but he, he said, I'm not going. I'll come back in the launch or whatever, but I'm not – a Navy guy goes over on this little whatever thing. looked like a gangway of some kind. It yeah. basically was a, a walkway strung between the two ships. I I can't yeah. imagine being the captain of the admiral watching that, hoping he doesn't go in. I mean, God, <laughs> what the? So <laughs> the uh, the new the new place you're, you're teaching some stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the old place is they have a buildings and everything. They're just going to abandon. I mean, this whole thing is kind of weird to me. Well, uh, Nyack had a campus in Nyack, New York. And they sold it. One of the problems with when they sold it, I think they sold it at the wrong time, and they were expecting to get ten million more than they got. And they so that's one of the reasons. And we had the threshold deficit, uh, but they had purchased like the top five floors of a Manhattan high rise in the southern pe- uh, tip of Manhattan, and they had a mortgage on that. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna and in that building the. The, the floors below it are condos, so I'm sure the, the floors will be sold and probably turned into condos. Um, but the, the the campus itself was sold a couple years ago. Okay. Before I got there, yeah. So th- there's just the five floors in this Manhattan high-rise that have to be... It's not very much of a high-rise. I think there's 22 floors. In Idaho, that's a high-rise. But in Manhattan, that's, you know... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's just that, that's just a what, house, uh, right? What, yeah, what, the top five top five floors have to be sold off. What do you make of? Uh, we're, we're talking yesterday. We've been talking like a lot, but Nancy was on yesterday, and you know, you and I have talked on a bunch of occasions regarding, you know, let's say the market. At least some of the stocks are. Let's be nice and say they're priced to perfection. They're priced to grow from here, and no bad stuff happening. And, and, and clearly, the housing market. Uh, you look at the amount of people, in my estimation, that can't afford their own house because of the difference in, in rates now. If everybody hangs in there and nobody loses their job and it's, you know, it's it's 2028, you know, hopefully people will grow into, with salaries and so forth, we can grow into these prices. I mean, that's, that's the hope. Uh, Nancy was saying there's a couple of cracks and people she knows that have to sell now for whatever reason and now they're going to, the, the place they sell, they're getting transferred and so forth. The place they're buying has to be substantially cheaper to make the same mortgage payment. And Audrey's got a couple of people that have to sell too because of reasons, maybe getting laid off or whatever. Uh, 
do you think we can can we all keep our hands in the boat don't rock the boat until we grow our way out of this or or is some screw up going to happen I don't even know where it could be China downgrades I never would have guessed downgrades is some screw up going to happen where all of a sudden the, 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 the dominoes start coming down I mean I hope not but I don't know we're, we're, we're pretty pricey on some why, why do you think start with this I mean, if you're given your, your entry-level class and you're looking at the price of an asset, whatever the asset is, and you look at an interest rate and you double the interest rate, I'm going to say that if every kid in class doesn't raise his hand and say the price of the asset's going to come down, you're going to give him an F. And yet, in a lot of areas, these price of these houses haven't come down. Is it because the supply is so constricted or is there just a big weight on top of it the minute they start to come down or come tumbling down or... It seems kind of weird, uh, Al, that they haven't started to come down, at least in our area they haven't. Well, I think when people um, – I mean, there's supply out there, but I think in terms of uh, number of homes up for sale, I think that's shrinking as interest rates stay high and continue to rise. That when, – when supply – when you take houses off the market that would have been on the market otherwise – um, you you get high, uh, higher prices because there's less supply. But that's kind of a, a, so. I think is that is that yeah. something that can sustain itself, or is it just in the moment? I mean, I mean, actually, uh, I think it. I think it's going to continue as interest rates get pushed higher and higher and higher. You got to remember that the the debt we have is what thirty trillion, and our GDP is about twenty trillion. Yeah, we're way above it now. We're like one every of, every yeah. year. Every year we're going to add a trillion to that just because of debt service. So as the Treasury uh, auctions more and more bonds off, notes and bills, as it pushes more of that out there, right, it's going to supply more bonds. That's going to push down bond prices, holding everything else constant, which pushes interest rates higher. So I actually think interest rates are – I don't know if the Fed can bring interest rates down. I think interest rates – uh, are going to continue to go up, and I don't. I don't really see mortgage rates really coming down. I think they're going to. I think they're going to be persistently high. They might even trend up, which is going to trap a lot of people in their homes. Uh, and if they get transferred, I don't know what they're going to do because right now my wife and I are thinking, uh, we can't really buy because one, we're in New York, and two, interest rates are really, really high. You know, we're just kind of in a holding pattern. And I think a lot of people are in a situation like that. So I think as interest rates continue to rise, people are going to get locked into that house. They're, they're going to be immobile. Well, they are, and they are, immobility they are, they already are. I mean, not going to be good for the economy. They already are. Some huge percentage of homeowners, yeah. their, their mortgages, if they refinance you know, intelligently, yeah. are under 3.5. So if, yeah. if they go, any, go anywhere, it's double. Yeah. And then think about this. Is anybody going to tap that home equity? My, mother, my mother-in-law just bought a fridge for one of her rental properties uh, at Lowe's yesterday. And the salesperson said, do you want 5% off or do you want no interest for a year? My mother-in-law said, I'll take the 5% off. I go, mom, you're crazy. And I asked the guy what the, the, the percentage interest rate was on that credit card. And he said 29%. I mom, take the 29% zero interest on that credit card for a year and pay off the... So you got credit card interest rates 29%. Yeah. Uh, people are just stuck in these houses. Well, yeah, there's no. There's no so I, 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 I don't see, it, I don't see it getting any better. I, I, I actually see it getting worse. I see it getting worse. Well, I, I do too. I just hope not, not too bad. Because, I mean, if something, 
happens and a lot of people get, I don't, I don't know how you can move. And plus, it's it's worse yeah. because uh, if one person in the family gets laid off, you can't meet, make the mortgage payment. And that's a that's a high end risk, boy. Yeah. You know, it's like what am I? Well, you got these. You got these. In China, you got these companies, these real estate companies, like what Evergrande. Yeah. They can't make their interest payments, right? Oh yeah. So not, China's those... even worse. Well, they they start they opened up the stock opened up yesterday when it fell from like a buck sixty seven yeah. to twenty two cents or something. But you know, it's you, you mentioned yeah. that the uh, the two the two uh, people. One of my well, I haven't seen him in ages. So I guess he's still a buddy. He was in aerospace and he was a private pilot. Notre Dame, aerospace is a uh, aerospace is, is one of those majors where in every college they beat the crap out of you. I mean, you really got to. In Ohio State, it's a five year major. My cousin did that. Yeah. Um, and he said it was five real years. I mean, you didn't you didn't go to the bars. Yeah. I mean, uh, Notre Dame. I think the only the only uh, I don't know if you you probably the only one could guess this. The only five-year major is architecture, and they beat up on those guys for five years. I mean, anyway, but well, accounting, accounting, yeah, accounting is. Uh, I think accounting, like in New York State, is a five-year program because I think you have to have like 130 well credit hours. It's not that tough. Yeah, it's not that in tough. New York State. Yeah, but he. So well, it's an extra semester. But anyway, I asked him. I said, "Well, why doesn't everybody want a a twin-engine plane instead of uh, a single engine?" Because, you know, if one of them goes out, you're good to go. And he goes, no. The good ones, yes. The bad ones, if one of them goes out, the other one is not capable of flying the thing by itself. He says, you got twice as much chance of having a problem as if you got one. I go, I, I, never, I never thought of it that way. But it, it's kind of well, if, you got, if you got all your eggs in one basket with one engine, yeah. you better make sure that engine's really good, right? Well, yeah. But, I mean, he says, but, but, but the, the home is the people that are closing on the house were – if either the husband or the wife lose a job, you can't carry it. Yeah. That's danger, I, I think. But I don't know what else you do. SB, futures down 8 and SB is down 39. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. 
when now it looks like many interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom I'm Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures down six, Nasdaq Futures down thirty-one. We tried to make a dash towards even, and. Uh, quite get there so now we've, we've sawn off a little bit more here Dow Futures down 47 nothing nothing crazy I don't think I see down much in the Dow is Salesforce down 382 that's almost 2% um, we've got Caterpillar up a little bit we got you know it's a, not a whole lot of NVIDIA is down 330 uh, down from the straight in 465 a long way from the 520 it was it was Friday morning uh, it's a ways the uh, anyway over in Asia we got rallies here. Nikkei up 56. That's not much, really. 0.2%. But Hang Seng up 353. It's almost 2%. 18,484. Again, what a nice sale at 19,000. A nice buy at 17,000. 17,500. And now you're back in the middle. Shanghai up 37, 31, 35. Um, it's a good thing I can't trade the Hang Seng market. They'd probably be on the wrong end of that trade. Uh, DAX up 31.2%. FTSE up 105. 1.4%. Uh, Two week high. Uh, CAC around up 19.25. The uh, FTSE was not up yesterday with the rest of them, and it's making it's catching up today for sure. Yesterday, the Dow up 213, S&P's up 27, Nasdaq up 114, so we had two good days in a row. Fines, 10-year up one basis points now, 422, and a bun uh, unchanged 257, Japan unchanged 0.66. Oil, uh, 52 cents over 80 bucks, 80.62, run up 60 cents, 85.02, natural gas unchanged 257. Arbob of change, 279. Uh, by the way, Matty, got gas in Indiana, 2367. Wow. Gave the Suburban a nice big 367. Yeah. I haven't seen gas that low in a long yeah, time. Yeah, but the rest of them were like 380-something. I was at the Myers. Were you in the woods? What the no, hell were I was you? at the Myers. I put, I put 25 gallons in. I got three quarters of a tank. Wow. What do you think? You know? So I could have gone more. <laughs> Gold down, 4 bucks. Some probably would have. Uh, I should have. Uh, silver down a penny, 2423. A copper unchanged 375. We've got uh, Bitcoin down 13 bucks, 25,980. And the US dollar, um, it's up a little bit, not a lot, but the, the euro is under 108 and the pound is under 126. So the dollar has been pretty strong in the last couple of weeks. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have two crashes coming in on I 57 that are pretty close together. One on the northbound side at 119th Street. 
And then just north of there, uh, at 111th Street, there's a crash on the right shoulder. So all kinds of issues if you're coming inbound on I-57 from the south side uh, due to those two crashes. No other crashes on the expressways, uh, but uh, we have some significant travel times. We're up to an hour and 20 minutes from Thordale into downtown on I-290, just a complete disaster. From uh, on the Edens, from Deerfield to uh, downtown, you're at 72 minutes, and then it looks like uh, from O'Hare into downtown on the Kennedy, you're at 67 minutes and climbing. So, well over hour travel times on uh, any of the inbound area expressways, and then two crashes on I-57. Uh, so, give yourself plenty of time if you're heading into downtown this morning. Weather today, lots what's of sunshine story, early. What's the story with downtown here? What's the story with this bridge? Well, a lot of road construction too. Once you get here, yeah. Uh, sunshine early. We could see uh, some showers. It looks like about a 40% chance for a shower around 1 p.m. today. Uh, we'll reach a high of 82. Right now it is clear and 65 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 115 today. That's a hot one. Yeah. Right now it's clear and 93. In sports, not a great day for our baseball teams yesterday. Cubs were uh, beaten at home by the Brewers 6-2. They're now five games back in the division. White Sox were blown out in Baltimore by the Orioles 9-0. And the D-backs hanging on to the third wildcard spot just behind the Cubs, who have the second wildcard spot. They lost to the Dodgers 7-4. So the last two wildcard people get the one play-in game? No, it's a three-game series, right? I thought there was a one one play-in game. No, the uh, the worst of the division winners... Uh, and the uh, uh, bet or and the, plays the worst wild card team in a best of three, and then the top two wild card teams play in a best of three, and then the two the top two division winners get a buy. Wasn't there when they first started this? Wasn't the first year or just a one game yes. deal or something? Yes, yes. Right, yeah. It's now two out of three. Yeah. In the uh, maybe next week when you're you're here, you get explain explain to us the the playoff system for the wild cards. It's bizarre, isn't it? As far as if, if, all t- if they all tie, yeah. yeah, it is bizarre. I'd have to look that up again. I, I remember we went through it last year. Because they end up playing like two or three days in a row and you lose all your best pitchers, you almost got no chance yep. in the division thing there or something. Anyway, Hal, uh, it, it, it sure seems to me, I mean, the market always has uh, stuff going, you know, interesting for it. I mean, and, and uh, you and I, I think more than, more than most, unfortunately, always look at things in terms of, of people's motivations in terms of dollars and cents. I look at this big hue and cry about coming back to the office and a lot of companies are having and I'm going to say that that's maybe 50% getting used to being at home with a side hustle but I think it's at least 50% uh, economic I mean I don't don't think anybody I won't say anybody but I just did the great majority of people in the last three, four years with the inflation you and I seem to recognize when other people either don't want to or don't, their their income is not kept up with the inflation. And one of the things you could deal with it is if you were at home and didn't have to commute, you didn't need a train ticket, didn't need the second car, didn't need the best duds. Uh, now nobody wears the best duds, but you don't need the best duds. So coming back to work without a raise is really putting it's putting a knife in in your in your backside basically and on top of that the student debt that people haven't had to pay the stats i have how is 43 million people have student debt and the average payment per month is 286 bucks and i'm going to say not one person put that entire 286 bucks aside every month in savings knowing they were going to have to spend it again so the combination of 
having to send that student debt check in in October and going back to work three, four days a week. Get the laziness, get, get the idea of not want, wanting to be on the sofa, get the part about it, I'm walking a dog around the block twice a day, my boss doesn't know about it. Get, erase all that. Economically, you're, you're, you're slicing these people up by doing these two things. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying the degradation and the earning power over the three years, if you don't recognize that, you don't recognize the trauma you're going to cause by all of a sudden having to do this again. Am I, am I way off base here or am I right? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, the, the COVID working at home. I don't even know if the federal government is uh, fully staffed in the office. But at Elias, one of the problems we had is I, I was going into work like four days a week. And it seemed like everybody was working from home. And I was like, why am I on campus? when everybody else is not here. So it's like a ghost town. And so what I do is on the days I taught, I'd go in to the office in person. But even then, students wanted to be home. Yeah. Like a place like New York, where, you, where, where we couldn't pay adjuncts very much, the adjuncts wouldn't work unless they could teach online because it was so costly yeah. to come in to lower Manhattan, right? The train ride is costly. You can't really work on the train. So it's... It's not like you know Amtrak where you can jump on and you can work on the train because um, you're standing up, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so just the, the sheer cost, the time commitment, and the cost of commuting makes it almost impossible. Plus, think about it. People's cars are three years older uh, <clears throat> because they haven't been able to buy a new car. Right. Cars are expensive. So their cars are three times three three years older than they were before the pandemic. So their their car is less reliable, probably on average, than it was three years ago. They can't buy that new car. The the electric vehicle trucks are, you know, when you when you add in the cost of putting in the charging stations at your house, which is ten thousand bucks from what I've heard, uh, you know, so people have less reliable transportation. Uh, gas is a lot more expensive than it was. And then the, the time commitment, people want to stay home. And I don't think it's because they're lazy. It's just, you know, it's if you have a job where you can do it remotely, I'm actually more productive at home than I am in the office because I, I lose an hour of productivity when I, when I go into work and when I come home from work. I lose two hours. So um, rather than losing those two hours, I like working from home. And then in between my work, I can you know, like make the kids lunch or I can make the kids dinner. So for me personally, I prefer remote work. Well, yeah. I mean, so I, I just, it, it's just hard. It's just hard uh, uh, with the cost and your cars being, and I can fix my own cars. I mean, I have the luxury of being able to fix my own cars and maintain them. Well, that's a what I'm saying. People, a lot, it's, it's, it's more economic. I'm not, I'm not, I think a lot of people really took advantage of it. The fact that the Federal Reserve here is all these people working for home on our, on our dime, you know, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. screw that. <laughs> Screw that. I mean, it's at a point where these guys come in, they have to let them know they need a desk for the day. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I mean government workers drain this a lot more than regular people, but you, know, you can't I, – I think you need to be around. I mean, I've been a – you know, yeah. we don't have that big of a place at PTI, but, I mean, there's stuff that comes up that if you're here, you're going to end up doing it on a special project. I really don't want to track somebody down. You know, It's really hard to work yeah. – in a group of people in a, to collaborate when you are remote. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? I think most, what happens when you're remote, yeah, when you're remote, it's, it, it kind of ends up being, I'm going to do this part of the project. 
and then another person is going to do that part of the project. And then in the end, when you try to put those pieces together, it's not going to be as good as if you were collaborating in an office. Well, it's a hell of a lot easier to fire somebody you never met. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. But, I mean, I don't understand why people at the Fed don't want to go to work. Have you ever been at the Fed? It's crazy. They got on-site gyms. The cafeteria is not a cafeteria. Well, when you, I think they have people that serve you. Well, I have two, two guys that I know. When you move 60 miles away, so every day you come in is like a 60-mile train ride or an hour-and-a-half car ride and park, yeah. you, 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 you totally lose the, the concept. These are people that used yeah. to work within two miles of work that yeah. now are... I mean, what about the people who, you know, in New York, I'm, I'm going to work, you know, uh, off-site, and they, and, they, and they get a home in Tennessee... Well, really? Yeah. I mean, you're ne- you're never going to come in. No, I'm never going to come in. Okay, well, mm-hmm. see ya. <laughs> I mean, but I'm saying there, there's more economics to it. That and, and I don't think the people who have to pay the student loan debt now, you know, the politics of how you go about fixing it, not fixing it. You know, I'll leave that to the Supreme Court and Biden to fight out. But the the idea is, 43 million people next month have to start sending a check for 286 bucks. And I don't yeah. think most of them have it. Or, or it's, well, it's, it's an election year. It's an election year, so I'm not sure that's going to happen. You know, well, it's, it's election cycle. I don't uh, think it's going to happen. I think you got to write the check next week. Oh, real? Well, you know, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if people have to start writing a check to, uh, it, you know, the the typical person that has to start writing that check, is probably going to pl- blame the current administration. So that can't bode well for Democrats in the upcoming election. Well, they, they, have, to, might, they have to know that the Republicans are the ones that have been against this. Yeah, I know, but what, what do people normally do? People blame the current occupant of the White House, right, for something that happens in their life, right? So uh, the young people came out and voted during the last midterm election and uh, prevented, uh, you know, the red wave that Republicans were uh, talking about. But now... You know, they're going to see this administration as being unable to continue the zero payment policy of their student loans. And I, I think they're going to put the I, I would think that, you know, I'm president. not, not really, this, this is a multi-administrative problem, this whole student debt and how it yeah. influenced tuition and all the other yeah. stuff. It was well, a, that, that's, yeah, it was a that, total that, mess. We agree right. because we're, we're tuned in, right? But the average American who's right. just not really paying attention to this. All of a sudden, they got to start paying their. I, I don't think. I think they're probably going to put that on the administration. You have to be. I hate to disagree with you. I'm, I'm with you in the part that most people are, are kind of tone deaf to some of the news, but if you own yeah. student debt, if you don't realize that the Supreme Court, the Republican side of the Supreme Court, yeah. blocked Biden's plan to make it zero, I don't see how anybody blames Biden for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of things to blame him. But there's no way. There's no way if I got to write the, the check next month, that I'm blaming him and not the Supreme Court. I, nobody can be that goof. Well, I think a lot of people of are tuned out of the. A lot of people are tuned out of the news. I think young people are going to podcasts. I don't think a lot of people are really watching the news. Well, but you were I mean, there, 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 there. There are people on the right who watch Fox News, and there are people on the left that watch these uh, news programs. But I think a lot of people are kind of tuned out of it. My mother-in-law's tuned out of it. I'm tuned out of it. I'm not watching the. The, the cable news networks at all anymore. I, I get my news from various different websites with you know left and right perspectives, and I try to come up with my own uh, uh, narrative, right? 
Um, the I, I guess what I'm saying is, if my my guys, well, I'm a little older than you. My guys, we were so in tune with the news when we were in college because the news contained Vietnam War news and the chance that I might yeah. be shooting somebody from a behind a, yeah. a a tree. I guarantee. Well, I, I don't guarantee. I, I would I would I would if, I, if we took a pet. Uh, poll of our listeners. I, I don't think I'd win very many polls, but I'm going to say that if you have student loan debt, you're up on this topic. You might not be up on any other topic, but you're up on this topic. Just like we were up on yeah. the Vietnam topic. I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what else people were doing back in 1970, but I could sure as hell tell you where the, where the Vietnam topic was. Just saying. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I think Democrats tend to associate uh, who controls government with who is president, I think. Right. right. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, and, and Democrats tend to vote more for presidents than, I think, Republicans. And that's, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, but I, I'm actually tuned out of the news. I mean, I can't watch it anymore. You watch Fox and the Democrats read. You watch MSNBC, CNN, CNN, and and ABC, CBS, all that stuff. Well, that's because it's not news. And, yeah, it's not news anymore. All they do is divide and uh, encourage. Hate yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the whole stick right? of the show. You, you, uh, well, federal student loans will start accruing interest again on September first, yeah. and payments will be due starting in October. Yeah. So there you go. It's a. Uh, you know they, is uh, what did what did Dr. J uh. Tell me when we started Stacks and Jacks, uh, well, when I started doing the podcast kind of without him, he says, just remember, Chief, uh, nobody pays for information. They only pay for affirmation. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, I mean, if we were, if we were, I guarantee you, if we were, if we picked a, uh, uh, if, we, if we were to pick one side or the other and have some horrendous, hateful drivel coming out of the show, that I'd have more sponsors. I guarantee yeah. you that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, and it's, you know, that's scary. It's scary. But re- regular people, I mean, no, nobody, went, I mean, how many people were at this thing last week in, uh, in, uh, Ogden Dunes, this you know, party, and her, you know, some people were talking about the news, and I, I said, you know, I, without getting into political discussion, I said, one of the problems with the news is nobody wants to pay for it. I mean, you yeah. can, you can complain all you want about not enough reporters, not enough, really good articles, not enough independent news, and yet if you say, well, the, the newspaper's a buck, well, I'm not paying a buck. I, got, I get everything I want online. Well, what do you get yeah. online? I go, I go to some some site that I don't trust and bitch about, but if I were to, would you subscribe online? Well, no. I mean, it's it's really scary. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it's a, uh, the, uh, even when you, uh, when, I, when email first started, I mean, how many people totally bitch about and I do too I mean without a doubt it, you know Google I, I know they're reading your emails I mean I mean it, it, for us not to know that because nothing in this world is free we're collectively a bunch of morons but I did the, the first time when there was an email I said you know I need an email so I, I go online and I, and I hit the I, well, I don't know if I use Google at the time probably not it's probably something else and, uh, and I put email carriers and it comes out and there's this outfit get a load of this what about a great name? Uh, you know, don't don't got mail is the name of the company. <laughs> so, 
I kick it up, and for twenty bucks a year, you got an you got an email address. It just was a company that's all they did. And if you wanted, you know, some massive uh, capability to to have, you know, whatever stuff in there, it was like forty bucks. But I didn't need that. I just was doing emails. So I, I get 20, and I'm happy as a clam. I, I have this thing for like five years, and uh, I pay them their twenty bucks. And one year it went up to twenty two, and it was, I was fine with that. All of a sudden, I get this thing. By the way, we're shutting down because everybody else has got a free spot. So yeah. I end up I end up over at Google. I'd, I'd much rather be paying the twenty bucks at this place, having my old email address that I don't have to worry about anybody digging into it. Now, why am I still at Google instead of some other place? Because I'm an idiot. I I, yeah. I got no business. Being I, I think there. about the same thing, Tom, because I I literally dislike Google. I do, but I use it. Yeah. Think about that business model that Google has. I hate the company. Seriously, I hate the company. I hate its search engine. But what? I use it. Me too. Can you imagine that? I mean, my water keeps telling I me, why, why do you, she goes, start using DuckDuckGo. Yeah. I, but I, I, every day, I'm you know, just a little too lazy. I got too much stuff to do. I just put it off till tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's one of those. The, the services are so convenient. Yeah. And so, quote, unquote, free that I stick with it. But when I do a search, when I need to know uh, know something, I rarely use Google search. I use Bing. The, they are two different searches altogether. Well, you're, but now you're into Microsoft. It's not like you're ducking off to some small guy. Yeah, I know. I, I think Bing is a better search engine than Google. I'm not saying it's awesome. I'm just saying it's it's not as bad as Google search. Well, Google, Google search is like the worst search engine. I, used to th- I thought that, and this has been a long time, I thought originally that they were that they were actually f- pretty straight because yeah. when you when you, when, At you first, yeah. when you googled something ten years ago, you got the searches on the left and on the right there were a list of ten com- like if say you did uh you know plumbing supplies or something you might actually get the real places on the left and the guys paying for the ads were on the right which yeah. I didn't have any problem with because I knew they were paying for the ads they weren't yeah. a product of the quote the search. But now that's that's all mixed in, right? Yeah. Well, if you look, if you do a Google search on some uh, thing that happens, you you get like ten pages of search results. Yeah. Where the article is the exact same article, but just under like a hundred different websites. Right. And yeah. if you want the other side of if you want the conservative bent on that news article. You have to go like ten pages in to even get close to it, but now they kind of like stop the search, you know. At yeah, like, yeah. if you want to see more results, you have to click results, right? At Bing, I I don't see that as much. So when I when I want to know the truth about something, Google tells you the left side of the truth, and you have to go really deep into a Google search to get the other side of that news story. But it's like fifty of the same articles. Just, and I don't know how they do it, but that article yeah, they're, almost they're, they're, word, they're pretty good, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and if you find something that was real controversial, you try and find it a week later, you can't find it. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's like they bury it, right? Hey, I got we, we have a couple of minutes here. Question is, we we talked with various and various and sundry guests. We, we all want the economy and the market to sort of hang in there, and yet we've got you know these kind of lightning bolts flying around. I would never have guessed six weeks ago that uh, a downgrade would have caused the market to go down. What? What is your? Because you're not on the, doing the market stuff every day like I am. What? What are you most? 
worried about, if you're worried about? Is it a China default? Is it Evergrande, these other guys? Is it something here? Is it the housing market? Is it the stock market prices maybe being? What What do you see as, as a potential, you know, boulder in the road here? I, I see our interest payments on our debt going to keep interest rates high for the near future. And I, I, I see that as a problem because people ultimately have to move at some point um, and they're not going to be able to move. There's going to be, they're going to be anchored to that house that they're in and they're not going to be able to move to the opportunities. And I, I see that as a big problem. And the AI, I think AI programs are looking for things like double tops and the big seven uh, relative to the S&P 500 has just hit a double top. So traders, AI might see that as, all right, we got to uh, sell or go short. So I'm not, I, I want things to be good, but I just think the Democrats and Republicans aren't going to fix it. They're going to inflate. They're going to force the Fed to inflate. And I think inflation, although maybe tame now, with interest rates going higher and higher and higher, I don't know, man. I, it just doesn't seem... Yeah, it seems like you've got to control real easy. Hal, thank you very much. Yeah. Good luck at your new stuff, buddy. Get some sleep. SP Futures down 350 and Futures down 22. Check in with you next week. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.